All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of I Think I'm Doing This Right. This is your girl, Bree, and welcome. How y'all doing? I um, hesitated for a minute to determine what I was going to say in this episode following everything that's going on in the world. It's just a surplus of information. It's a surplus of emotions, an immense amount of thoughts, an immense amount of feelings. Just It's just a lot. And as a Black woman, as a Black mother, as a Black mother of a Black son... I'm tired. (laughs) And I went back and forth about what I was going to say and how I was going to say it and what, what was I really trying to deliver? And I don't have anything. The thoughts that I originally played with was trying to educate people on history And then I was like, that's overdone because everything, you know, we talk about how everything comes from slavery and we are 400 years behind in the race. But the truth of the matter is people don't fucking care. If you are racist, you don't fucking care. If you are prejudiced, you don't fucking care. If you are quote unquote, a not, not a racist, but I just don't see what you're talking about, then you're not trying to be an ally and you're not trying to understand. So again, you don't fucking care. The people who want to be educated are educated. The people who want to know, know. The people who want to be persuaded, get persuaded. And I just want to tell my story about how I feel about how I'm dealing with it, about how I'm handling it. And that's just what I want to do. And that's what I'm going to do. I feel invisible. I feel strange. I feel fake. I feel like nothing I say will matter. Specifically, at work. Obviously, I work in corporate America, and 90% of my company does not look like me. I'm one of two Black people in my department. One of two. Literally. The other Black person is a Black man in a leadership role, and he happens to be on a team that I support. As a black woman feeling invisible at work, people talk to you like you're, they talk to you like you are an anomaly. You're not really black. (laughs) You know, no, 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 you're not really, I mean, I forget that you're black. Uh, how sway 
Let me remind you how I know that I'm black. I worked in a company before I came to this company where I was the only black woman. Scratch that. No, keep that. I was the only fully black woman in the company. There was a biracial woman who didn't only identified as black when it was convenient for her. And then she would frequently joke about being black because I have a black husband. (laughs) My father's black. But again, it was a joke and it was always funny. And she's not really, I mean, she, I forget that she's black. That whole bullshit about forgetting that we're black. The reality is that you don't forget that we're black. You choose to ignore my blackness because I don't get to show up to work being a black woman. I get to show, I have to show up to work not being a black woman. By that, I mean, I have to show up to work and quote unquote assimilate to make you feel comfortable. If I say, hey, how you doing? Or what up though? Or shit, anything. If I am, if I raise my voice an octave too high, if I oppose you, if I say something where I drop the G or I say with the improper King's English, I'm criticized. I'm cru, you know, I am crucified. I am just ripped apart at every angle I gotta assimilate to make you feel comfortable but yet you get to say you don't see me as being black but when I walk out that fucking door I'm immediately black immediately this former company I worked at they set me at the first desk in the office and I thought that strange because why would you sit me here of all places Well, one, it was the easiest space to put me so I was easily seen by everyone. Two, every time someone came into the fucking office, they asked me if I was a receptionist. Now, I'm all for being a well-paid receptionist, but I am not. The receptionist was actually a white girl who got her own office. But I digress. So that was my former company, my current company, although they are a very good company to work for. Again, people get to say they forget I'm black. But again, here we are. If I raise my voice a tad too high, if I speak, you know, not the proper King's English, I am criticized for not delivering my message appropriately. So there have been numerous instances where people will talk to me literally fucking crazy, where if we was in these streets, they would catch these hands. And for y'all that didn't hear that, they will catch these hands. But again, we're in work. So I have 24 year old white girls talk to me like I'm fucking trash. I have white men talk to me like I'm a fucking joke sitting in meetings where they make jokes about how they're teaching their kids to choke people out. Your kids that might one day choke my son out because you've taught them hate. So 
while I'm not saying that I hate my job because I absolutely don't hate my job, but I am invisible because you don't have to understand my plight. You don't have to understand my struggle and you get to forget that I'm black because it is not relevant to you or it does not serve you. So you get to dismiss my blackness. And then if I happen to show up a tattoo black, I don't fit into your culture and therefore I am fired. Therefore, I have to go find somewhere else to work where I will be a better fit, a better culture, culture fit. But you see, black businesses don't get to rise up this ladder as quickly because people don't finance them. And so we have to be grassroots and we have to be financed by each other or we have to start our own businesses and we have to, quote unquote, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and acquire the wealth that is so easily attained. It's exhausting. And then people have yet to ask me how I feel. I've had two people, I lie, I had one person ask me how I was doing after all this George Floyd and Brianna and Ahmad stuff was in the news. And she said, how are you doing with all of this? And I said, I'm not okay. She actually said, I just want to be a part of the conversation. I want to know what to do. And yet I have other so-called white friends who have not said anything or they get to dismiss it again because it does not relate to them. But I'm raising a black boy whose father is halfway around the world at this point, serving in the military or doing whatever he has to do to quote unquote provide for his family. And yet here I am by myself raising a black boy and I have to teach him to be docile. I have to teach my son meditation techniques so he can remain calm in a world that is going to overreact because of him. And then because he is remaining calm, he's going to again still be seen as a smart ass. Or are you trying to make fun of me? Oh, you trying to be, oh, you a namaste type boy? I don't have the luxury of not taking a day off of I don't get an opportunity to not be black for a day. I don't have an opportunity to not be on for a fucking day because I got to come to work and put my Bree on and then I have to turn around and be my son's mother and teach him that you can't take your toys into the store son because they will think you stole it and they'll call the police and the police will come out so heavy that they will aggressively attack me and potentially kill you over a fucking toy that was already yours in the first place I have to teach my son that he can't, he has to be a yes, sir, balsa. Yeah, hey. I have to teach him to be all these things. He does not get to just be a young boy. He doesn't get to be a kid. He can't play with a water gun in the park because Tamir Rice was killed. I can't let him go to the park by himself because of the fear of what someone might do or say to him. And I'm not there to protect him. I don't have the luxury of being off while they have the luxury 
of being off. And it's not fucking fair. The reason why this shit is so hard for me is because (laughs) history ain't that far for me. Ain't really that fucking far for all of us. Let me tell you where black history is. My grandparents. Some of y'all white grandparents grew up during segregation. My black grandparents were raised in a segregated orphanage. I just want y'all to let that sink in. My mother's parents met in a segregated orphanage because my grandfather's mother died and his father could not take care of five children and they went to an orphanage. My great-grandmother, thank God, is still living to this day, had nine children and an unfortunate accident caused one of her children to pass and the state said, you and your husband aren't competent to have these other children, so we're going to take them off your hands. Now, by no means was it at all my great-grandmother's fault that her child died, but the state said, here's an easy way to take your kids from you. And my grandparents, who I love and know were raised with, are still living, grew up in segregation. That's how close history is for us. It's not that far fucking removed to where people keep saying, there's no more racism, bitch. You don't flip it off like a switch. You still got people talking every single day. We see people talking about go back to where you came from. Every single day we have instant after instance and instances of police officers harassing and brutalizing and murdering black men, women, and children. My son does not get to be a little boy because I have to teach him to be on constant guard, to calm down. Don't do that. And people are like, he's so well behaved. He doesn't have a fucking choice. He doesn't have a choice. Let him misbehave one ounce. Let him be a child, even slightly be a fucking child. And y'all gonna vilify him. Let him, heaven forbid, let him have fun like a normal little boy. And y'all will go fucking bananas. Oh my God. He's so bad. You, You don't have any control over your child and blah, 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 blah. I'm tired. I'm tired. I am fucking exhausted. I don't want to see another clip. I don't want to see another 50 seconds of a man being sat on like some medieval torture tactic. 
I don't want to see another rant of some white woman telling a black man that she's going to call the police on him. It's fucking exhausting to show people and tell people again and again, yo, we're being hurt. Well, you're not being hurt. Well, it may not be me specifically, bitch, but somebody that looks like me that fits my fucking description is being hurt. Brianna Taylor did not get to see 28 years old. She doesn't have any children. She didn't get to walk down the aisle. She didn't do anything wrong. And she was killed inside of her house while laying in her bed. Completely innocent person because the police fucked up and they get to say oops my bad Ahmaud Arbery looked at an empty house and he was shot in the streets like a dog and they said oh well Tamir Rice was playing in a park like a normal 12-year-old boy. Someone called the police. They show up. They murdered him in cold blood, a 12-year-old boy, and showed no remorse. They don't fucking care. Y'all don't care. John Crawford III. Like, how many names? (laughs) Sandra Bland, how many names? How many names do you need? Because the thing is, we give you example after example after example, and then y'all still don't fucking care. I'm tired. I don't want my son's name to be on a list. I don't want my son to do anything. It is terrifying. We, you tell us to follow the rules. We follow the rules and then the rules change. You want to talk about how uncomfortable it is to be fucking black in America. Everything we do is challenged. Everything we do, you move the finish line for us. Let me tell you how fucking hard it is. I've worked so fucking hard. I am about to be 34 years old. 34 fucking years old. And I am trying to buy a house. And you tell me, go to school, get an education, and you will get a good job. Went to school, got an education. And they told me after I got out of college, you're not qualified for this. You're not qualified for that. I took, I did internships, paid and unpaid, still unqualified. So now I'm not being qualified. I can't pay back my student loans because I don't make enough money to pay back my student loans that I had to take out to do what you told me to do in order to make it in this world. So here I am with student loan debt and I can't pay back. And then 
finally, after years of working hard and doing this and high side hustling here and legally side hustling, working two jobs sometimes, doing what I got to do, moving around the country. Okay. There's an opportunity out here. I will take it, whatever I got to do. And I did what the fuck I had to do. And then here I am 28 years old. I get pregnant. Now you set me back four steps. Well, you fucked up because you you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You should have got married. You should have did this. You should have did that. And I'm like, okay, again, pull myself up by my bootstraps. Four years later, well, here we are, four years later, I have a career. I make a great income. And I'm like, hey, look, I know I fucked up in the past, but I've done really, 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 really good. And look, all this monies. I made all this monies. And you know what you tell me? You are still not good enough. No matter how much money you make, your credit score is not good enough. Because, you know, in the past when you made a mistake eight years ago, we're going to hold that against you today. Then we're going to put all these stipulations on you. We're going to give you a higher interest rate and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Or you know what? You can't live in this certain area. Or if you want to live near black people, we're not going to give you so much money because you want to live around these people. You got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps again. If I wanted to live in a fucking black neighborhood, the bank said, we're not going to finance you here. A what? You're not going to give me money to live around my people, but you're going to give me money to live in a neighborhood that where people don't look like me. And then you're still going to give me a high interest rate. And then you're going to fuck me every which way you keep moving the finish line. You keep moving the finish line. I do what I'm supposed to do. And then you say, yeah, yeah, I know you did what you were supposed to do, but we're going to move the finish line. That's what institutional or in systematic institutional racism is. When you tell us to do these things and then you, it'll be fair. We do those things. And then you say, well, we've changed the rules again. And you didn't know what those rules were. So you broke the rules. So now we're going to hold it against you and you can't win this game. I can't win the game because it's fucking rigged. My son is not set up to win this game because it's fucking rigged. When my son goes to school and all of a sudden he has a new white teacher and she's telling me how bad my son is, how horrible he is, how he's so disobedient. But funny bitch, before you got here, he was never this child. There's all these things we could talk about for days. We could talk about for hours. But the reality of the situation is nothing's going to fucking change until somebody steps up and says, you know what? This is wrong. And now we're starting to see the lights come on for some people where they're saying this is fucking wrong. But it took y'all seeing a man get murdered on live TV. You had to watch him get murdered. Not one, but numerous black people get murdered on TV to be like, okay, guys, maybe this is wrong. Really, bitch? (laughs) Really? I'm tired. (sighs) I'm tired.
sorry. I didn't mean to just end that abruptly. This app, you know, it's funny sometimes. Moral of the story is, um, I want to see a change. I want to, um, I want my baby boy to go to school And I just wanted to be different. I just remember all the horrific things that I went through. And although I'm such a nice person, I don't want my son to have to go through that. I don't want my son to have to constantly turn a blind eye. You know, in the hospital when I gave birth to him, a white doctor made a very racist statement. I'm a new mother. I'm in the room by myself and he comes in. He is not my pediatrician at all. And he says, um, you know, I remember when women just had their babies in the field and went right back to work. Straight up. I remember when women had their babies in the field and went right back to work. Black women are at the risk of every fucking thing. The nurse accusing me of not knowing that I was in labor, um, treating me subpar until they found out I had quality insurance um, because you make the assumption that I'm just some Medicare or Medicaid case, which, uh, again, I'm, like, frustrated, so I can't think straight. But really, it's just, like, you you treat people differently based on certain things, like, you know, my white coworker told me all these wonderful things that happened to her when she gave birth to her child. And I'm like, I was offered none of that shit. And she was like, really? And I'm like, word, like, don't educate me on anything. Not this is available to you. This is available to you. These resources are here for you. You can do this, like literally just offered her that information. And I'm supposed to know but I don't have any other children. So how the fuck would I know this? So there's all these things where y'all talk about, like, I didn't know that you've experienced this bitch because your reality and my reality are two different things. Somebody said recently, like, it's not that we've been living in two different worlds. It's just that some of us have always had our eyes open in the matrix and the rest of y'all are just catching up. And, And what, what are we supposed to do? What are what are you supposed to tell a black mother right now? If you are a white person, what would you tell a black mother on how to raise her black son? Honestly. Honestly. The bullshit that we've been seeing has said, don't tell your kids don't break the law. Great. Tamir Rice didn't break the law. Um <laughs> who else? Uh Sandra Bland changed lanes without signaling um Trayvon Martin did not break the law so teach your kids don't break the law okay great I can give you a plethora of names of people who didn't break the law what's the next thing you would tell a black mother right now raising a black child a black boy in this country teach your children to be obedient Excuse me. Teach your children to be obedient. Okay. 
every um, we see case after case of compliance and we we hear officers saying stop resisting stop resisting a wonderful phrase I heard a white person yell out just because you're screaming stop resisting at him does not change the fact that he's not resisting they're not resisting you're screaming it it doesn't make it true because you're screaming it You tell us all these things. Teach your kids to be there, to do this, to do that. A great, wonderful, you know, post I seen from a black person on Instagram recently was um, child support was created to, you know, divide a black family. No. Black men need to take care of their children. Some black men are not financially there they're not and also we're not taught about mental health we're not taught about you know emotional health we are taught survival and I think the biggest thing that people deal with on a regular basis is trying to survive so sometimes black men cannot actively be a part of their children's lives but we still need the support as mothers So we do go through the system sometimes because people need to be held accountable because you don't just dismiss it. But at the end of the day, black men can't always be a part of their children's lives the way that you can, Billy Bob, because they got to fucking work to survive because they we make 70 cents on the fucking dollar that y'all make. So to put that in perspective... For every $10 a white person makes, in the perfect world, we make seven. So you got three more dollars to spend than I do. We may be doing the same job, but you got a little bit more. The reality of the situation is some shit has to change and... It's not going to change until we all start saying like, bruh, I'm tired. I don't give a fuck what's going on. I, I don't condone the rioting just like everybody else is saying. But the reality is I don't condone rioting. I don't condone looting. Those are not things that I am in support of. I am truly in support of peaceful protests. I am truly in support of people raising their voice. I'm truly in support of people going out and using their constitutional rights to do what they have to do to make things change. But the thing is, nothing we do is right. Because people want us to be compliant with oppression. They want us to be compliant with just being the comfortable black person in the room. Don't make me feel uncomfortable or else you don't fit in this culture. But then if we really left, if we really left, would y'all let us be great somewhere else? Would you let us be okay if every person of color left this country and we never came back and we truly said, fuck this and never came back? Would you be okay with it? The answer is no. 
The answer is you need us to keep this country going. You need people of color to keep this country going. You need black men to keep this country going because they're engineers. They are inventors. They are educators. They are doctors. They are scholars. They are writers. They are creators. You need black women because they are all of the the above as well. You need Asian people because they are that. You need Indian people because they are that. You need us, people of color, to keep this thing going, this world going. If we all went back to our respective corners, guess what? We are curious fucking people and we want to see what you're doing and we want to see how you're doing it and we want to come back and take a little piece of that. How do you, how the fuck do you think spices got around the world? Hello, exploration. I just wanted to be okay to be black. I just wanted to be okay to not be made fun of for my quote unquote nappy hair or my former CEO at my prior company saying that my hair looked like a bird's nest and looked like a hot mess because it wasn't straight, because it wasn't long like he would have preferred. I wanted to be okay to not look like the fucking status quo. I wanted to be okay to be brown skin. I wanted to be okay to have, you know, uh, a different tone of voice or full lips or a big ass or whatever. I wanted to be okay to be a person of color and not be seen as a threat. That's what I want. I don't want to worry about my black male friends when they go out every day. I cannot even imagine. And I, and I had this conversation with my son's dad last year, like literally had to have a full heart to heart with him because of the shit that we've been through as two adults. And I said to him, I cannot imagine what it's like to be in a world as a black man, but I definitely don't understand how you, a black man, could turn your back on a black man when you know that the world does not give a fuck about him. Houseway. And his honest answer was, that's not what I want to do. And that's not what I ever intended to do. And again, I understand that we are such a damaged people. We're such a fragile people. We are such a sensitive culture that because we have gone through years and years, I've literally, my level of anxiety, if I were another person, I would definitely be on somebody's drugs. (laughs) But because I am so anti-medication, I am not. But the level of anxiety that we feel on a daily basis, just being going into stores, being accused of theft, being accused of, we are always seen as being liars and then we have to prove our innocence. But even when we're telling the truth, like I've gone into stores, had an issue with Old Navy. Um, And I say this because I filed a complaint with them. Um, But years and years ago, I want to say back in 2013, had to be 2013, 2014. And I went into this old Navy here in uh, Cincinnati and um, 
<laughs> I was like, hey, I bought these jeans here, these jeans in this you know, establishment. And I tried them on here and I thought they were okay, but I went home and I tried them on again and they just really don't fit the way I expected them to fit. All I want to do is exchange them for another pair of jeans. They gave me such hell at this Old Navy. They were like, where's your receipt? I'm like, I have my receipt right here. I paid with this credit card. And they were like, how did you get these jeans? And I'm like, I bought them in this store. All I want to do is exchange them. The manager came out and then it was like this whole thing. Literally, I was in there for almost 30 minutes and I'm sitting up here like, I was being literally interrogated. And I was, I'm sitting up here like, I'm on defense because I'm like, I bought these jeans. I paid my hard-earned money for this. All I want to do is fucking exchange it for something else that fits. And then when I left, like they gave me so much hell. I don't even think they let me exchange them. I went home and I wrote a letter to their corporate office because I was so offended. And they sent, I think they sent me like some bullshit. I think they sent me a, a coupon or something for a free pair of jeans, which was dumb. Cause I'm like, I don't even want to fucking shop here, but they sent me some like coupon for some free jeans. But the reality of the situation is I have a plethora of stories like this of constantly being accused of being a liar. Like, no matter what, we have to be guilty and prove our innocence. And you don't even realize that we do it on a daily basis. It happened to me at my current job where a group of white people didn't like what I had to say in a meeting. And so they filed a complaint and said that almost verbatim was that I was an angry black woman. And I had to prove my innocence in order to keep my job. And that is the problem. That we have to prove that we are innocent. Because we're always assumed to be guilty first. And I want that narrative to change. I've lived 30 plus years and I would love to live another 30 plus more. But what I don't want to do is have to constantly deal with this anxiety and this scared feeling and this sense of just what the fuck, no matter what I do, it's not good enough type of attitude every day. I just want it to not be that way. So um, that's what it is. And I'm going to leave this here. I appreciate you for listening. Um, You are the best part of this show. Uh, I'm tired, (laughs) y'all. I want to talk about something else. And then in the next week or two, I definitely want to change the narrative. I want it to be positive again. I want to talk about how I'm raising my, my beautiful black boy and what we're doing and where we're going and how we're living and all these amazing things. Um, But right now the conversation is on black lives matter because we do black health matters, black mental health matters, black 
thoughts matter, black feelings matter, black people matter, brown people. My son, me and my son say brown boys and brown girls and brown people. We matter, y'all. It's fucking exhausting. And I'm proud of the skin I wake up in and I want him to be proud. You know, my son tells me I'm so beautiful and I'm like, you're so handsome. We love being black. There's not anything else I would rather be. But this shit is tiring, y'all. Like, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to feel like being black is a death sentence because right now that's what it is. And that shit's got to stop. Check me out on social media uh, at Brie Lately. Um, I, I got to be more conscious. I got to be more involved. And so that's what I'm going to do. Um, I appreciate y'all. Uh, I just, yeah. I can't even get my thoughts straight. Um, good luck out there. Be safe. I know I'm, I've been at a protest and I'm going to several more and I'm donating and I'm contributing just you know be safe be wise be careful um just be a part of the change that you want to see like I'm always a believer be the change you want to see in the world um and that's what I'm trying to do so um yeah y'all leave that there peace